Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad he loved us while we were yet sinners? He loves us now that we're still struggling sometimes. Isn't that great? I'm glad his love is not based on performance. I'm glad it's not based on performance. I'm glad he loves me in spite of ourselves, not because of us, in spite of us. He's our father. He's our creator. Brother Meadows, I appreciate that. Get hung up and go head first off of this thing. Praise the Lord. Folks, we need the Lord to get a hold of us. We need the Lord to really get a hold of us. We need to get our thinking and our attitudes and everything on Him and look at the glory of God, see what He would do. God is no respect of persons, so what He's doing in Manila, He can do here if we will meet the conditions. Because you realize it's impossible probably for 50 people to get the Holy Ghost tonight here. I don't think we got 50 that need it. So that's a possibility. That's the only way you tie God's hands is by what we, part of it's based on us. And uh, I am hungry for that real outpouring. Brother Minister, you can. And uh, all I know to do is just keep on hammering. That's all I know to do. Uh, sometimes it seems you're just hitting your head against the brick wall, but you just keep on because you know sooner or later, if we'll do our part, if we'll plant and we'll water, God's faithful. He's going to do his part. And there's been a lot of planting, a lot of watering going on, and somehow there's a certain point uh, that, that you reach that all of a sudden it just begins to go. I had never chopped down a tree, I don't think. How many of y'all have ever chopped down a tree? Hallelujah. Uh, I don't think I have. I climbed a couple of trees when I was a boy and got stuck one time and promised the Lord I wouldn't do that again. And uh, But there's a point there when you're just chopping away and uh, that, that sooner or later you know if you can just keep... The, my problem is I can't hit the same spot. You know, if you hit here and then hit up here and hit over there, it's not doing much good. And I wonder sometimes that's not our problem. We're not hitting consistently in the same spot. But you finally reach a point there that, that there's just not enough strength left in that part of the trunk to support that weight up there. And so we're just going to keep on hammering away. That's all I know to do. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles to want to turn to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Praise the Lord. Sister Connie, give me just a hair more on the platform if you would. My voice has still not got back in the preaching shape from the holiday, I guess. Yeah, almost feels like it's been a while since the holidays, doesn't it? Praise the Lord. How many of y'all off tomorrow? Praise God. I got a few. Praise the Lord. It's glad they work for the government. Brother Dyke said he's off tomorrow. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to have some time of rest. Uh, it is good sometimes just to be able to go to work. If you need a check, it's real good to be able to go to work. It really is. But anyway, Hebrews 10 and verse 35 
says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Everybody say praise the Lord. Bless you. You may be seated. Uh, I use a Dake's Bible, this old big old Bible I got. I, the only thing, he, he's such a strong Trinitarian, you know. Anytime there's, it says we, he thinks that means there's more than one God. But he does have some good points. And But in this little point, he just made a simple, simple reference that cast not away. It doesn't take a deep thought here. I could have figured this out. It just means throw away or lose. Don't throw away your confidence. Have you ever lost your confidence in doing something? I, I'm going to tell you, you know, I played a lot of softball there in the uh, 80s, and then I didn't, when we was evangelized, I didn't get to play, and Brother Meadows, I lost my confidence. Uh, you know, I'd pop up once or twice, and all of a sudden, I just felt like, man, I, I'm going to have to quit. And it's amazing how confidence is a wonderful thing. But here, when it says to throw away, don't throw away your confidence, that's talking about your faith. And this actually, when you, if you study this, the reason they wrote this, they were making reference to uh, cowardly soldiers who threw away their weapons and fled from the battle. Anybody ever read the Red Badge of Courage? But anyway, I'm just saying that in the heat of the battle, there's some people, and you know what the real truth is? You don't really know whether you're going to run or fight until you get in the battle, in a real battle even. All the people that talk bad and tough, there's some people that when the bullets start flying, all of a sudden all they can think about is their own hide. And so they sometimes will even throw their weapons down and begin to run. And I'm, I'm sad to say today that it seems like there's too many soldiers of the cross who have gone AWOL, either from God's army or what it stands for. I say, I don't want to go AWOL. I want to be the same thing that he called the early church to be. And we've got to understand we are living in a day that would like for us to let down. We're living in a day that they would like for us to blend in. We're living in the day that the devil would like for you just to throw your confidence away. But I want you to know tonight, you got to make up your mind. I'm not going to cast away my confidence that I am determined, that I have made up my mind. I have fixed my heart that I'm going to carry on. But there is such pressure in the day and age that we live in that in our busy lifestyle, and I know it seems like i kind of been on this vein lately, but I guess that's what the Lord knows. It's so easy in our lifestyle to throw away your prayer life. It's so easy to throw away your Bible study life. It's so easy to lose the spirit of worship. And, and be truthful with you, last Sunday night and here again tonight, we really hadn't tapped in like we need to. It's easy somehow to just lay it aside and say, well, if it doesn't happen, we'll get a touch next Sunday night. Somehow we got to get a mind frame and understand that every time we come to the house of the Lord, there is somebody here that needs a touch from God. And you see, I don't want the joy of the Lord to wither away. I've seen people lose their joy in my life 
that, of, of just living for the Lord. I've seen people that came in and they had that cheesy smile and they had the joy radiating and you could see them bouncing and praising God and when you said, how you doing, man? They'd say, I'm feeling good. But over a period of time, there's a certain percentage of people that the pressures of the world or the problems at home or something happens in their life that they don't understand and you begin to see the joy wither and now the hands that used to be raised so quick they can't seem to raise their hands at all the one that used to bounce a little bit somehow their joy is gone I don't want to lose the joy I don't want to lose the passion I don't want to lose the desire that God has given me Yes, we are disciples, which means disciplined ones. Yes, there's times you make yourself pray. Yes, there's time you make yourself read your Bible. Yes, there's time you make yourself come to church. You make yourself worship. But it shouldn't be that way all the time. There's something wrong if it's a drudgery coming to church. There's something wrong if it, it just pains you about the thought, i got to read a chapter today. There's something wrong if you don't want to bow your knee before the Lord and thank Him for all He's done. That ought to be a red flag that something's going on. Let me tell you, if you'll read your Bible and pray every day you'll be in the house of the Lord you'll be here worshiping God you'll be here praising God actually you know what lack of attendance and lack of worship is it's just an indication of a deeper problem your relationship with God isn't right there's just something wrong there but why should we not cast it away? He said, because your faith has a great recompense of reward. There's a reason I don't want to lose out now. Now, I've only been in the way, as they say, now almost 20 years. But it would be a shame to have come this far and somehow get disillusioned or somehow get hurt or sometime, somehow let a temptation overcome me or somehow let my guard down and let a fiery dart hit me. It would be a shame shame after 20 years after all the time I prayed and worshiped God to lose out but I hate to tell you I've seen people that live for God for years and somehow something happened to them and they let down their guard and they cast away their confidence and Paul even said lest I myself become a castaway after having preached to others after having said it's going to be worth it all after having preached that that you can go through anything I'm telling you if the devil can't make you want to smoke or dope or drink he'll try to make you bitter or jealous or envious he'll try to get you a bad attitude he'll do anything he can to make you cast aside you know we've been giving out a little sheet for different people to sign if you're in the choir or whatever just don't know me. I should have put number 11. Don't keep a bad attitude out of me. Abstain from a bad attitude. You know what? I wish we'd grasp the point. A bad attitude is as wrong as smoking in the sight of the Lord. If I've got bitterness or anger or i got malice in my heart, that's just as wrong as getting drunk. We need to understand i got to purge it out. God, I don't want anything to hinder the flow of the Holy Ghost. You see, we live in a, thro a throwaway generation. My wife sometimes will ask me, she did today, matter of fact, do you mind if we eat on paper plates? And I'll say, hey, as long as we're eating, it don't matter to me. China's not for men. Hallelujah. It, how is it? It don't matter to me. But you throw them away. You don't have to wash them. You know, 
I, when I was a boy, brother, I used to collect bottles. There was two cents a bottle when I was a boy. And you'd walk up and down the road just hoping to find two or three bottles. Because for six cents, you could get you a drink when I was a boy. You'd buy you a Coke. And if you got another nickel, you could buy a package of chips. And so if I could just find six bottles, I'd have a penny left over. And But you know what? Nowadays, you drink the Diet Coke, you just throw that thing away. And I'll tell you one thing I'm thankful for. Just throw away diapers. I haven't changed a whole lot of diapers, but I have changed a few in my day. But I'm proud to tell you I had never washed one out and tried to use it again. Hallelujah. I say I wouldn't want to live in that day where you took that. Th I don't even know what you did to it really. I, did you take it outside or hose it down or whatever you did. But, but somehow or another you use that same thing again. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to get the point across, brother. Just trying to get the point across that, that, that I'm so proud. That, that you could hold your nose and just throw it away instead of having to think that i got to do something with that thing. I say, I'm glad that there's some things that you can throw away. I, I tell you, we live in a different world, and things are changing, and there are some methods that may change, but the message can never change. The message of Jesus Christ will never change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's still, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And I said his name is Jesus. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah He's Jehovah Shalom. He's Jehovah Salvation. I say I'm glad that I still believe. It's all in Him. And there is no compromise on that message. We're not going to cast it away. I'll just tell you, if you're here tonight, I'd love to baptize you if you haven't been baptized. But the only way you're going to get baptized here is in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to call that name. There are churches nowadays that will baptize you however you want to be baptized. They'll use Father, Son, Holy Ghost. They'll use Jesus' name. They don't believe you have to have either of it. But they will do that. But there are still some things that there's no variableness. There are still some things that there's no shadow of turning. There are still some things. It doesn't matter if we learn how to fly. It's still going to take one God. You're still going to have to repent. You're still going to have to get baptized in Jesus' name. You're still going to have to get the Holy Ghost and talk in tongues. We can't throw it away. We can't throw away our separation from the world. I'm glad that people can tell we're different. In the world we're in today, you ought to stick out like a sore thumb. You'll stick out, I'm telling you, if you just don't cuss nowadays. You stick out if you try to be a diligent worker almost. Any, if you just try to live a common, ordinary, what used to be an ordinary life, you stick out today. And ladies, I know you, you, you probably stick out there at the job and you stick out at the mall, but you shouldn't be ashamed of that. That's the glory of God. I say the angels desire to understand how the Almighty God could come in. And when they see your hair, lady, that is a symbol of submission. What an awesome testimony. And I tell you what, we can't throw away faithfulness. I appreciate this church. I really do. You're faithful. I talked to pastors, and we had a pastor visit here a while back that pastors in this area. And he said, man, how do you get people out on Wednesday night? That we just can't get them to come out. And I thought, that's a sad story. There's something wrong there. Folks, we, we can't throw away faithfulness. We can't throw away our praying. We can't throw away fasting. 
Oh, we need to go on a fast, y'all. I'm talking about we need to, we're going to pull along. We're going to have a church-wide fast. we got to lay aside some things. we got to dedicate ourselves. we got to break through the, the world that would try to hinder us and the spirit of the day that would like to hinder us. Some people have even thrown church out of their life. And you need a church. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. It didn't say about individuals. It said if you're in a church though, why? There's something about unity. There's something about coming together. There's something about a three strong cord that's not easily broken. There's something about when you're down that somebody will come by and encourage you. It's something about when you're struggling and you look up and you see the choir singing and you see them getting blessed and you see the anointing of God on there. That's something inside of me. I begin to say, God, I want to feel what somebody up there's feeling oh there's something about coming to the house of the Lord verse 36 again said we have need of patience Jesus said in your patience possess ye your soul and it went on to write tribulation worketh patience folks we would love to have revival now I'm after revival now but I'm not going to get frustrated. I'm going to have patience. Because you see, there's times of reaping and there's times of sowing. And God is in control of everything. And so what I've got to do is be faithful. I've got to say there's got to be some patience. And let me just say this one more time. we got to be patient with new people that come in. And I hadn't said this maybe in about two months, so let me say it again. If a new person comes in, it's not your job to tell them what to do and not to do. It's not your place to tell them how to dress or not to dress. If they have a question, you tell them to go see the pastor about it because they don't need to hear mixed signals or they don't need to hear it before they're ready to receive it. we got to have patience. And i tell you what, we're having patience on all of us, aren't we? Is there anybody here reach perfection yet? Who is that? Brother Adcock said that this morning. Verse 36 continues on, after you have done the will of God. Well, what is the will of God? Man, that's Acts 2.38. That's live holy. He goes on to say, ye might receive the promise. The promise. What is the promise? Verse 37, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. What is God waiting on? He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to become everything that we're supposed to be. Brother Meadows, read Ephesians 5 and 27. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. He's coming back for that kind of church. Boy, I looked up that word glorious. Here's what Webster said, delightful, wonderful, completely enjoyable. That's why he ain't coming. <laughs> we ain't completely enjoyable. We get our mind on everything but the Lord. Magnificent, splendid. That's what kind of church he's coming back for. I want my last service on this world. I hope I go out talking in tongues and dancing or juking and jiving, doing something. I want to be in a glorious church without spot or blemish or wrinkle or any such thing, folks. We got to lay aside the weight. We got to lay aside the sin. Why? We're in hope. We're in search of eternal life. We're in search of it. The spirit of the flesh, the spirit of the world, the spirit of Antichrist. It says, won't you just give it up? 
You can't have a revival church in America. They make it have it in Manila. They make it have it in China even. They make it have it in Russia. But you can't have it in America. I don't believe that. I believe we can have revival. But it's going to have to become an obsession. It's going to have to become an addiction. It's going to have to eat us up. It's going to have to consume us. It's going to have to be what we live and breathe and move about. That that's what we wake up thinking about in the morning. Everybody we meet, we're trying to find an opportunity to tell them about the Lord. We can have revival. The devil try to tell you you can't have revival or you can't have a growing church if you preach separation. I don't believe that either. Some of the largest churches in Pentecost are strong holiness churches. Why? Because people are sick and tired of the world. This is a great day for our church. There, I was telling my wife the other day, this really ought to be our day. Even anybody that's got decency ought to be aghast at what's going on in the world today. You can't even read the newspaper someday without getting a blush about what's in there. You can't see an advertisement on a billboard sometimes, but it's so immodest and ungodly. There are some good people in our area that I really believe if they could just find a church that would stand for something and believe in something. I believe they'd want to come here. Matter of fact, and don't mean to embarrass, but it's what Brother and Sister George told us. They was looking for a church that lived what they preached. They're tired. People are tired of somebody talking about dedication and talking about living right and not living right. This is, should be our finest hour that God has put us for here for such a time as this. The devil will try to tell us if we would just back off a little bit. But folks, there's some things there is no compromise on. There's some things that we just got to stand fast and say, God, if they're really hungry, you'll show them what they need to do. You'll help them to understand what they need to be. Brother Matters, Revelation 3 and verses 10 and 11, please. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. Kept the word of my patience. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Listen to me. Let me tell me. There's coming an hour of temptation upon this world. I tell you, there's coming an hour of temptation upon the church world. And there's people losing out, folks. There's people wanting a crowd. Or there's people, you know, I, I hate to tell you this. I, there is a man in Tennessee, used to be United Pentecostal Church. And he finally, praise the Lord, turned his UPC card in 10 or 12 years ago. But they was drinking socially even before he got out. They thought it was all right to take an occasional drink. How in the world? I tell you why. God, if you don't love the truth, as I said the other week, will send you a strong delusion. I'm going to tell you, folks, you can't preach it too straight for the want to be saved. There ought to be something inside of you that says, I want to know what it takes to be saved. I want somebody to preach to me. I want somebody to teach to me. I want to hear the word of the Lord. Because there's coming a temptation. Come on, Brother Meadows. Behold, I come quickly. Oh, he's coming quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want anybody taking my crown. I have fought too hard for the crown. I gave up, and it really it wasn't nothing to give up, but I changed my total lifestyle in 1981. It'd be foolish now 
to say it doesn't matter about those things anymore. If I build again the things, I make myself a transgressor, the Bible says. We got to understand, we got to contend for the faith that was once delivered. I say contend means to fight. Contend means if it's necessary, we're trying to be nice and kind. But there's some lines you have to draw in the sand and say I'm not stepping across that line. You better get you some rules to live by. You better fall in love with Jesus Christ that he'll make your heart tender and your spirit easily entreated. The real truth is if we really prayed and read the word and asked God to direct us, we really wouldn't have to hear a lot of preaching. But unfortunately, we don't really pray. We don't really read the word. We don't really ask God to direct us about some things. Everybody here, maybe not everybody, but most people here probably got something that, that you either want to do or something you're doing. But you've tried to convince yourself that it's okay. I've said this before. You ought to spend 30 days asking God about that specific thing. God, what about this? He'll talk to you, folks. I know he will because he's talked to me before. I'll say, God, what about this? And God will talk to you. Cast not away your confidence. Contend for the faith. And then back now to Hebrews verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. Do you know that's the statement that brought Martin Luther out of the Catholic Church? Something inside of him one day that scripture just began to ring a bell. It's not how many times that I say certain words. It's not how many things that I have to do or say that's going to make me right with God. The just shall live by faith. I believe that when I say, God, would you forgive me? I believe that he forgives me. He doesn't tell me to run ten times around the building. I believe in the blood that they sang about a while ago. That the blood is flowing and the blood is covering me but I wish that verse would get a hold of some of us Pentecostals get us out of our Pentecostal formalism and ritual and ceremony and rut verse 38 says but if any man draw back my soul shall have no pleasure in him my soul God's got a soul that's what that says God has soul I believe that's why you get to feeling something man you, you get a little soul I like it when I get to feeling the Holy Ghost. And I, I like music. Music was made to worship God. It wasn't made to, out for the world. You know, that's, that's why I say, I'm not going to be intimidated when they first come out with some of the new type songs. And of course, I'm, I'm not a contemporary Christian guy. But I'm saying, just because we play drums. Now, you know, when I was a boy, we didn't have drums in the church. Anybody remember those days? Man, you didn't have nothing but a piano. And, and then you finally got your little bitty one of them tinkertor organs. That wasn't loud enough to hear, or ours wasn't, because we was glad we couldn't hear it. We didn't have many people could play it, but uh, that's all you had. And the first time I ever went in the service, boy, I'd been out of church for a few years, and boy, they had to, man, somebody here said not long ago, they said, I didn't know they had bands at the church. Because, you see, they had brought up in a different church where they didn't do any of that. There's nothing wrong with music. It's what you're doing with it. As long as you're exalting the Lord, as long as you're magnifying Him. I may not like everybody's style, but as long as they're lifting up the Lord, that's all that really matters. I want to praise and magnify Him. But He's got soul. He's not a machine. God's not a computer. God's not a robot. He said, my soul shall have no pleasure in Him that draws back. But verse 39. But we are not of them who draw back from perdition, but of them that believe to the saving 
of the soul. Well, that sounds like to me, if I draw back, I may not be saved. I thought it was once saved, always saved. It doesn't seem to appear by that scripture. Matter of fact, you'd have been better off never to have heard the gospel message. You'd have been better off. You still would have been lost, but you'd have been better off if you had never heard about one God. You'd have been better off if you never had heard about Acts 2.38. But all of us here have heard that message. And now, if you draw back, God said, I'm going to have no pleasure in you. And we were created for his pleasure. I wish I've said it lots of times. I wish I could believe once saved, always saved. Boy, what a wonderful man-made doctrine that is. <laughs> Don't matter. Wouldn't you like to have a job like that? Once you got the job, you got to check every week whether you showed up or not. Oh, hallelujah. How many of y'all would be off tomorrow if that was the case? Hallelujah. In other words, yeah, you'd work some days, uh, but if you had the least little bit of a headache, you know, I'm going to get the same check anyway. I believe I'll just stay at the house. That doesn't make common sense. It doesn't work that way. And the Bible doesn't teach that either. You've got to contend for the faith. If you continually seek after him, then all these blessings shall come upon you. But Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, Satan hath desired to have you, to sift you. As wheat. The devil right here at the coming of the Lord. He knows his time is short. He would love to turn us into a cold, dead, dry, worldly church. He would like to get us distracted of what it's all about. And he doesn't care what means he uses. He, he doesn't care what's got to happen. He doesn't care if it's blatant sin or if we just can't get along with each other. It doesn't matter to the devil as long as he can somehow hinder and stop the move of the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, the devil can't stop the move of the Spirit, but we can stop the move of the Spirit. I will show, he said, he will move who will let him. You've got to make yourself a vessel. You've got to make yourself a channel. You've got to make yourself available to God. And we use this other verse I'm fixing to quote all the time, talking about other people, about because they didn't love the truth, they had a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. Folks, we need the power in our services. I say, I'm hungry to see that old-time power. I've been saying it, and I'm just going to keep on saying it. I'm hungry to see people walk through those doors and already have tears coming down their face just because something was drawing them, something was working on them, and somehow God's Spirit reached out to them and said, you can find me there. You can find me at that place. But what did Jesus tell Peter? He said, I have prayed for you that your faith would fail not. He didn't say, I prayed that you'd never make a mistake. He didn't say, I prayed that you'd never have a bad attitude. He said, I have prayed that your faith would fail not. Folks, you can make it if you want to make it. There's not enough devils. There's not enough troubles. There's not enough problems. There's not enough people that can separate you from the love of God. If you make up your mind that anyhow I'm going to press on. Anyhow I got to make it. Anyhow I got to see the glory of God. Whatever I got to do Lord let it happen. No he would rather I, I've got a young brother, Jim. I've mentioned him before. and Maybe sometime he'll visit us. And of course, please, just be kind and sweet to him. He comes. But somehow, my little brother, 
brought up in the same household I was. Of course, he went to school over there, Brother Nations, to Mark Hanby School over there in Dallas for a year in about 1976. And he got in with a bunch of ex-hippies. They wouldn't even listen to Mark Hanby. And of course, Hanby's, anyway, I won't go into all that. But you know what? He comes and we see him, and he's got a good spirit. He's got a tender spirit. He really does. He's a wonderful one-on-one, soul-winning person. But somehow, something has happened in his thinking years ago. I don't know if he just wanted to get in with a bigger crowd or if he thought somehow he's going to get a bigger church or whatever. But somehow he don't really think it matters about how you live on the outward part. Folks, it does matter. It does matter. Now, I'm going to tell you, the inside's the most important. But if you got it on the inside, you won't have any problems on the outside. And somehow, something happened to him. And my mother, so many times, she'll say, pray for Jim. Pray for Jim. And I do. I call his name. I'm going to tell you, it's almost harder to reach somebody like that than the guy that's in the gutter right now because somehow they've given way to that. But I'm holding on, God. I'm going to plead the blood. You said train up a child in the way they should go and when they're old they won't depart from it I say I'm going to call on the name of the Lord you that have lost children or lost spouses don't give up on them don't cast away your covenants don't throw your faith away don't think God's never going to reach them you got to keep on holding on I remember years ago now my uncle C.M. Beckton preached at the Texas camp meeting And he made a statement that has hung with me for a long time. He said, I believe some of our children are going to come back. But what are they going to think when they don't find the church like it was when they left? What are they going to think that people's doing things that they backslid over to do? What are they going to think about us? I'm afraid they're going to think it's not real. I'm afraid they won't be able to get a hold of it. Folks, we got to keep the message pure. we got to keep the message pure. We've got to hold on. We've got to understand that this world is looking our way. This is our finest hour. We've never had a better day in the United Pentecostal Church than today. We have favor with government. We have favor in our cities. We have favor up and down the road. We've got such a lovely location. Everybody knows where we're at. They don't call us holy rollers anymore. They don't even mind us talking in tongues. They don't understand about the holiness. But this is our greatest day. But when they come, they have got to feel the anointing. That's what makes us different is the anointing. It's not just the way we look. They've got to walk in the door and they've got to feel something that they can't feel anywhere else. Because there's other churches in town clapping their hands. There's other churches in town getting the Holy Ghost. There's other churches in town raising their hands and jumping up and down. But you'll never convince me that the anointing is upon them like it is upon us. As long as we hold fast. As long as we don't cast away the confidence. As long as we keep the doctrine that was given to us. I, I want it when, when I stand before the Lord. I want to be able to weigh out everything that was given to me. That God I have preached and I have kept. Oh Samuel in the Old Testament. He was able to make a statement that he had done right and done anybody wrong all those years. And not one person stood up and said anything. I'm not so 
sure about all of that, but I want to be able to say I preach the truth that God I preach you must be born again of the water and of the spirit or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. I don't want to cast it away. And actually, we're living in a day right in the middle of revival. What's amazing is some people lose out. Isn't that sad? I've, I've, I've observed that all the last 20 years. Saw it in Shreveport. Same time people was praying through and God was moving. Others was losing out. It's a paradox. It's hard to comprehend. Because you see, in the same service though, somebody gets a tremendous blessing and the person sitting beside them didn't feel anything. I've seen that many times. And I say, Sister Campbell over there at King's Temple. And boy, her hair is almost down to the floor, I'd say. Or pretty close when you say she was down there low. And she'd always wear it up. And like I say, when she'd get to feeling the Holy Ghost, and I mean, I'm sure she felt it lots of time, but when it got just right, she'd get to, doing this number here. And in a little while, something happened. And the last one of those pins that needed to got out of the way. And her hair would come down. Her husband would be standing right beside her. She'd be going, and it would be just hitting him upside the head nearly. And he's just standing there like he didn't know what was happening. He wouldn't brush it away. Now she's just over there doing that number there. He's a good man. But what I'm saying is, folks, I don't want to miss out my part. I want everything God's got for me. I'm not everything I want to be or need to be. And, folks, we got to keep that in our mind. We're not saved yet. You understand that? I believe if I died right now, I'm ready to meet the Lord. But I'm not saved yet. Not until I leave this world and everything is all right will I be saved. We don't preach once saved, always saved, but a lot of people live it. They think somewhere back there they got a touch of God. And somehow that's going to carry them on. Folks, you got to keep it fresh. David said, anoint me with fresh oil. i got to have a fresh anointing, a fresh touch, a fresh move. Something's got to happen. Because there's a point and I, I preached this just the other day that when you can get so tired and so weary that you just don't care. And I have been there before myself that I, I hadn't prayed in so long and I hadn't really felt God in so long that that temptation all of a sudden was lying in wait, waiting to catch you, seeing life at the door, folks. He's waiting to catch you on an off day. He's waiting to catch you when you hadn't got your guard up. He's waiting to catch you when somehow something wasn't just right. He's waiting to catch you and he'll get on your shoulder and tell you anything that he can, hoping that you'll cast away your confidence. Why? Because you see, uh, Brother McNeely, T.G. McNeely preached a message, I believe it was 1980 at the general conference. I got a copy that talked about the trophies of hell. And what he was preaching about was there's some trophies in hell. And that's people that one time were mightily used of God. That had a tremendous walk with the Lord. And somehow now they're a trophy on the wall. I say when you kill a deer, I don't know if I've ever, maybe I have. I don't, I don't always look at the deers that close. But I know what a deer looks like on the wall. But I don't think I've ever seen one that didn't have at least a horn or two on it. Anybody got a deer on the wall that hadn't got a horn on top of it? No, you, you, you don't get that little old deer and say, hey, I'm proud to get him. But when you get one of those that's got the, the big ears, uh, or big, big, whatever you call it. What is it? Rocking chair. Like it'd be uncomfortable. But they put that on the wall because that's a trophy. There was a lady in the Shreveport church, Sister Swindle. And when I prayed through, 
this lady was a prayer warrior. I, I'm talking about there's a few, two or three, four, five people in this church that remind me of her. She was one of these you could call any time and say, Sister Swindle, I, I'm struggling. I got a problem. I need some help. Would you pray for me? And she knew how to get a hold of God. And she was there for years. Been there a long time. But something happened in the late 80s, right, right after we left. I, I, don't, I never have got anybody to really tell me what happened. But you know what? That lady that was a prayer warrior lost out with God. I'm not talking about a casual prayer. I'm talking about a lady who knew how to intercede. Somehow she got bitter or somehow she got disappointed. or I don't know what happened. Somehow she felt like something wasn't done right. And this lady that could withstand the pressure of the, of the enemy and fight, fight, fight. Somewhere there was a weakness in her armor. And the devil will find your weakness. I, I'm going to tell you that right now. He's going to keep probing until he finds the spot uh, that you respond to. You ever been to the dentist and they took that little long pointy thing? And they're probing around in there. And I'll say, oh, oh. And they'll go, oh, a tender spot. Yeah, and I'm wanting to give him a tender spot. But the devil will probe around because he don't have to probe hard on most of us. Most of us, you mess with our children, boy, and you've got trouble. Isn't that right? I ain't making no apologies about it. You've got trouble. So the devil knows that if, so, if my children get offended, I, I can handle it better if I'm offended than my children or, so, or my wife. But anyway, the devil knows, and I don't know what happened to Sister Swindle. I'm telling you, this woman, the late 70s, you've heard me talk about Kingston, well, they had mighty revival. She was the one of the main ones, they said, uh, that really was in there bringing people, her family. And then even when I was there in the 80s, uh, she was a prayer warrior. But something happened, uh, and somehow she cast away her confidence. Uh, and as far as I know tonight, uh, she's lost. Uh, as far as I know, they've never told me that they've heard Sister Swindle has got back to the Lord. Uh, you better understand, you're not immune to tonight. The devil is on your trail tonight. He'll do anything he can to make you lose out. you got to make up your mind, God. I'm not serving you for the loaves and the fishes. I'm not here because I have a position or something I sing in the choir. But God, I'm here because I love you. Why don't we all stand? What does the Bible say? It says ye did run well. Who did hinder you? It's usually not a what. It's usually a who, a who the devil uses. Who did hinder you? It's going to be bad to be lost because of somebody else. You better get your eyes on the Lord. Don't look to the left or to the right. It works both ways, folks. I'm talking about... Don't worry what somebody's saying, but don't worry what somebody else is doing or not doing. You just live for the Lord. If you'll just paddle your own canoe, you're going to be in a tough enough battle, I promise you right now. You ever notice how easy it is to see what's wrong with somebody else's children? Oh, if I just had them for five minutes, I'd straighten that out. You ever feel that way? If they was mine, they wouldn't dress like that. But they're not yours. But it's so easy to see where somebody else is not doing right. I, I tell you, it saddens my heart and even the last little bit to sit up here on the platform sometime and people that one time had their hands outstretched or no longer have their hands outstretched. 
Some of you's here tonight. You're still coming, but somehow or another, the joy is gone. The peace is gone. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm pleading with you tonight to let the Lord talk to your heart. Nothing is worth losing your faith. Nothing is worth losing your confidence in the Lord. Don't put your confidence in me. Don't put your confidence in Brother Adcock. We're men. We're going to make mistakes. But if you get your eyes on him, you can go through any storm. You can go through any battle. You can go through any hard time. Why don't we bow our heads just for a minute? Jesus. Oh, mighty God. Church, would we pray one more time? Lord, you laid this burden upon my heart earlier this week about this service, God. That there's people about to cast away their confidence. There's people, oh God, that have allowed something, Lord, to get between you and them. Oh God, help them to understand it's not worth it. It's not worth it. If somebody owes you an apology and they don't do it, forget it. Forgive them anyway. Oh, if something's been a problem in your past, lay it aside. Oh, I cannot. We build these shells. Anybody want to call out to the Lord? Move me with your message one more time. Move me, God, one more time to where I'm easily touched by the word. I'm easily touched by the worship. Church, help me pray. One more time. Let your message move me. There was a time of tenderness. There was a time of tenderness. There was a time, God, I was so easily touched. And in that tenderness, there was liberty. I thought everybody was wonderful. I just love the Lord. But through the cares of life, oh, I've put this shale up now. You're not going to touch me, preacher. I'm not even going to let the Spirit of God touch me. Oh, I wonder if somebody would like to come and pray tonight. This would be a good time for somebody to get the Holy Ghost. This would be a good time for somebody to get something out of their heart. It's been so long since I was broke within. Won't you take, take me back once more, once more to Calvary? And one more time. One more time. One more time, God. Just one more time, God. Would you touch me? Just one more time, God. Oh, I cannot read a yes, I cannot read a 
Oh, would somebody else like to come and kneel at the cross? Oh, God, move me one more time. Oh, God, move me one more time. You've been talking to me, God. You've been talking to me, God. But I want to humble myself before you. God, I don't want to cast away my confidence. I don't want to be lost. Oh. Our hearts, they get so stale, and all they get so cold. It seems they're then. made of stone. But God, I, I recognize, recognize my need again. Oh, God. God, I recognize my need. Search me, God. Is there anything not right in my heart? God, is there anything that's hindering the flow of the Spirit? Is there anything, God? Oh, God, I want to be in that glorious church without spot or blemish or wrinkle. Take me back once more to Calvary. And one more time. Let your message, oh God, come on church, somebody help me pray. The Holy Ghost is working. Oh, Lord, once again, well, it's been so long since I was broke within. Oh, take back once more to Calvary oh and one more time let your message move me oh God oh Holy Ghost help us God oh God
God, I don't want to lose my desire. Oh, God. Oh. Won't you take me back once more to Calvary? Oh, and one more time. Let your message Let your message move me. God, let your message move me, Lord. Oh, God, everything, holding nothing back. Oh, God, Lord, I got to have you. God, I've been hurt. God, I've been disillusioned. Oh, God, but I'm not going to cast away my confidence. Oh, God, I'm not going to lose my faith in you. Oh, yes, Lord. God, make the heart tender one more time. Jesus, come on, church. I need somebody to keep praying. God's still moving. Come on, God's still trying to work. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Brethren, why don't you pray for somebody else there beside you? Oh, God, in your name. Oh, God, and sisters, why don't you pray for somebody if you can? Close. God, help us, Lord, to keep our thoughts on you, our mind on you, our goal on you. Oh, God, I can't lose out now. Oh, God, I can't let go now. Oh, God, I got to have you, Lord. Oh, God, I want to empty everything out. Oh, come on, I feel like something's happening in the spirit here. Oh, me back once more. Once more. God, I've been here many times. In